Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. This is podcast number 48. My name's Neil. I'm here with Brent. Hi, I'm Brent. Welcome. Thanks for joining. Once again, uh, we're getting close to 50 here, so we're, we're coming along. I to passed 50 a few years ago. It wasn't that, it wasn't as bad as I was worried no. about. No. Well, we you might not be joining me for podcast 49, because I believe I'm going to Fredericton next weekend, possibly, and I'm going to be uh, meeting up with Jason and Justin. Oh, that'd be awesome. For a podcast with them. So episode 49 will happen from post post studio b in jason's basement and at that same time i was planning to possibly be in murray harbor north visiting some friends of mine who are coming here for a radio event so there you go works out for everybody perfect sounds good so i'll see nice. you when, i'll see you in uh, episode 50 then i All guess right. <laughs> so uh just to start off i want to thank everyone so much for leaving all of your feedback uh we, we released a, a video on monday I'm trying to figure out what to do with the channel as far as schedule of videos and should we do more of the podcast? Should we do less of the podcast? What should we do to help with our time and time management and uh, but still release some content for everyone to see? So uh, there was lots of comments, I think over 230 comments and uh, everyone was really in-depth and respectful and oops uh, and you know they said some really nice things and surprising to see that it's kind of 50 50 mm-hmm. uh not everyone has time like i said not everyone has time to i said this last podcast not everyone has time to listen to an hour and a half podcast so uh there are people who want no podcast and more videos and there are people who don't really care for videos and they just really like the podcast so it's it didn't really help answer the question that much because it's, it's it so didn't. split and they both made sense they both made really good arguments yeah. for what they want some people want daily content uh, they, they like coming home from work, coming home from school, having something to watch. And there are other people who would rather us be able to go into more in-depth treatment of topics, yeah. uh, hockey topics and maybe other topics. And they're both right. And I think one of your suggestions you made last week would possibly satisfy both groups. Right. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, basically do what I suggested last week. And, and I'm going to release little snippets or segments from the podcast, I'm going to call them podcast highlights, and they're going to release as little short videos throughout the week. Uh, some will be three minutes long, some will be 10 minutes long. It depends on the, what we're talking about. All right. And uh, we'll still try and do normal videos during the week. Uh, this week, we're going to try to do some videos for a second channel, more post to post. So this week on post to post, you'll probably just see uh, some snippets from this podcast and a mail time. And then the following week, you'll probably see some normal videos. I do have to film a card unboxing video actually this week at some point. So you'll see that as well. But on the second channel, you're going to see some where am I videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great stuff. I think that's the plan. And speaking of mail time, I believe uh, a lot of mail has disappeared. Outbound mail has disappeared from the house. I yeah, think it's been I, posted. I, I sent away some jerseys and then I sent away some more jerseys and then I sent some, some cards. Anyone who's waiting for cards for me, those are sent back as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still need to write people back from just general mail time letters and stuff. But. And uh, for those of you in Canada, you already know this, but elsewhere in the planet, you might not. Canada is currently under a postal labor disruption. Now, yeah. I'm not going to call it a full-blown strike because what the postal union is doing is having little work stoppages in various places, one day a week here, one day over there. And some of the major sorting facilities like Toronto and Halifax have been affected. So exactly. inbound mail to us and perhaps outbound mail from you uh, is possibly affected by that. So if anyone's uh, heard from you, I guess, that you've mailed something and they still don't have it after what they thought would be a reasonable period of time, mm-hmm. that could be why. Yeah. So just, just if you, if you are expecting mail from me, uh, cards or a jersey, uh, just know that it's in the mail. 
and uh, it's it's going to get there. It just might take a little bit longer than, than usual, mm-hmm. but it is on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the jersey that I sent to Finland specifically, I think the estimated time was it's like four weeks or something like that. So I, if you're listening, I do apologize for that, for that, for that delivery, a month delivery, but it was, it was the only option. Well, it's the only option unless you want to spend $150 or something. Yeah. yeah. That, the next option was two weeks and it was $141. I was just guessing. I didn't know. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping you can wait the extra two weeks. Ouch. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just again, just thank you everyone for your feedback. We really, really, really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to give this podcast highlight thing a go this coming week. So um, let us know how it goes. Um, and I'll, you know, we read all the comments. So we'll we'll stay informed of, of what you're saying. Now, when we're doing the podcast, because we're thinking of that ahead of time, should we have little, you know, chapter headings when we're doing this in real time now? Like, should we think about it? Or are you going to still be able to edit and slice and dice just by picking up the dialogue wherever you want. Yeah, the, the title of the video that's released will be like podcast highlights Los Angeles Kings or Trouble in Los Angeles or something like that. And then the, the video will just start fade in or whatever. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, we don't have to preface each one. Um, so I'd like to start off this podcast uh, in hockey news and <clears throat> going through my players of the week because I did that last week. Mm-hmm. And it, there's, man, oh man, there's... Some people, some of the players and goalies had such amazing weeks. Did you see any of of David Riddick playing for Calgary this week? No, I didn't. Uh, did you watch the Calgary-Montreal game? I did. Oh, but you missed the first period because you were teaching that. Right. I was, uh, Calgary was in Montreal. And I think you missed it maybe the first half of the second? Yeah, it was about halfway through the second yeah. period when I came in. Yeah. He made some unbelievable saves in that game right. and a couple other games he was playing in. Uh, he played three games this week. And uh, he had 100 shots against him in three games. And he saved 93 of them. <laughs> and the, those weren't like 100 normal shots. Like these were co- a lot of quality chances, more than normal right. quality chances. So he had a really, really good week. Uh, Mark Shifley, four games played, four goals, seven points. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, three games played, two goals, five assists, seven points. Sidney Crosby finally getting into his game. Uh, three games played, five goals, seven points with an absolute beauty oh, earlier this week. That uh, Thursday night goal in Calgary. High or Edmonton, light Edmonton or Calgary? I don't even know who it was against. I think it was just so amazing. I think it was Calgary, but oh, believable. Yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah. Mickey Zibanejad, three games played, hey, five points. Well done on the name pronunciation. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> he's uh, he's playing really well this year. Yeah. And Rangers are struggling. It's it's unfortunate, but... Mm-hmm. If you've watched any of the Rangers, he is he's playing really, really well. Right. Uh, Max Domi, three games played, three goals, five points. Go, scored a goal from his knees last night. He has 11 points in 10 games now. Yeah. He's leading the Canadians in points. He's doing very well. And how's, let's, and I, I know Galchenyuk started the season not, not playing because he was injured. He was injured, yeah. But he's back now, and I think he's going to be fine. But, uh, I think he got a point last night. Yeah. When you look at Domi, who was supposed to be you know, uh, a mercy throw for this trade. I a lot of people were thinking, well, we lost that one right mm. out of the gate. And, and it is still early. It is. We early. don't know, but it, but the energy he brings to the team, he's changed the culture of the team. It's it's yeah, it's about his. Uh, he he loves being there. Oh, you can yeah. just tell he loves being there, oh, and yeah. that's that's more to do with it than maybe his talent alone. Like mm-hmm. he, it's his it's his want. He loves to be there. So, yeah. 
Um, Anders Lee, two games played, five points. I think he had like four or five points yesterday in that game. Uh, Kyle Palmieri, two games played, five points. He had a beautiful game, uh, or some beautiful plays in, in yesterday's game against Philly. Darcy Kemper, two games played, 64 s- shots against, 62 saves, and his goals against average was one. Uh, Semyon Varlamov, Varlamov, whatever you want to say, three games played, 89 shots against, 85 saves. He is playing unbelievable so far. Like Colorado, if you look behind me, Nashville's in first, Toronto's in second, and Colorado is in third. And that's huge thanks to Varlamov. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's great to see. And you'll notice that these are in order of the standings as of today, except for Winnipeg because I don't have a Winnipeg jersey. They they slot in here somewhere. You do have a Winnipeg T-shirt, though, don't you? I do. I you, guess I could put it. You up could there. throw the T-shirt up. It there. would just look awkward. Just as a placeholder. It would, but uh, at least they'd be represented some way. That's Better true. I, yeah, I should have done that next week <laughs> if they stay in the top ten or whatever. Yeah, they should have. They should have been moved up a little bit last night. Uh, well, yeah, they should have won that game, oh right? Oh my so. goodness! Uh, to be up, we'll talk about the games, I guess, uh, in a while. But mm. to be up. Uh, with well, it was two nothing, wasn't it? In almost halfway through the third period, they were up, and then Toronto went boom, boom, boom. We uh, very unfortunate. We were disappointed because <laughs> we needed we needed Toronto to not get those points. So, and I, I I am in in most cases cheering for Toronto mainly because I thought they wouldn't be competing with any other team I liked, but right now they are. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's transition to. I want to talk about the, I like, I like stats. I love stats and not everyone does. And yeah, you can go look at these stats yourself. But I th- one thing I like about the podcast is we, we take all the things that you could go find yourself and put them in one thing. So we kind of do the research for you and, and let you know of some stuff. So I'm going to talk about the, the power play and penalty kill stats. Do you know the top five power play teams? We'll treat this as a little bit of a quiz for you. All right. Can you guess even two of the top five in power play teams? So... I'm going to say Toronto. Toronto is on that list. They're number two at 32.1%. Just because they have crazy amount of goals of all kinds. Mm-hmm. And they've let, they've let in a crazy amount too. But um, I honestly don't really. Uh, can, I, can I say Colorado? Uh, you can, but they're not on there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Washington's in first, 37.1% on the power play so oh, far. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> That's something else. Really impressive. <laughs> Winnipeg's in third at 31.4%. Dallas is in fourth at 29.6%, and St. Louis is in fifth at 29.5%. Usually when the season gets going, and you know by the end of the season, if you if you have a team at 25, that's really, oh, really good. it's outstanding. So yeah. the, the statistics, statistics are starting to normalize a bit now. They will level off, yeah. Now the bottom five in the power play, you want to take a shot at that? Montreal will be one of them. No. Oh. Because <laughs> Montreal's overall numbers as a team on some of these metrics are very poor. Montreal plays really a great 5 on 5 hockey. And that's what's happening this year. Yeah. They're not so hot in the penalty, penalty kill. A li- lot better in the power play this past week, but mm. up till this past week, it's not been great at all. Yeah. Um, so the bottom five of the, of the power play, uh, in 27th, there's Carolina at 11.4%. 28th is Chicago at 11.1%. 29th is Arizona at 10.3%. 30th is Vegas at 9.4%. And in last place is the LA Kings at 8.8%. Wow. That's so bad. (laughs) 
Again, these will normalize a bit as the season goes on. Yeah. How about the penalty kill? Can you give me the top five in penalty kill? One team. Who's a stingy team? Well, uh, Who's a stingy team? Well, they're stingy. Stingy in terms of not letting goals in. I'll say Colorado. You were right. Colorado is number three on this list. Only because you gave a cap to the goalie there a while ago. Ah, uh, so yeah. That's... 88.5% from Colorado. That's impressive. In first place is Tampa Bay, 95.1% on the penalty kill. <laughs> that is, this. here's number two, Arizona, who is playing really good hockey lately, mm-hmm. 89.3. So we go from 95.1 to 89.3 wow. from one and two. Fourth is Pittsburgh at 88%. Uh, fifth is New Jersey at 87.9%. Now, Bottom five penalty kill. <laughs> Want to guess a team? I'll say Toronto. Toronto? Yeah. Carolina oh. is the worst. All right. 66.7% on the penalty kill. That's that's exactly a, a two-thirds, right? Yeah. So two-thirds of the time, well, or one-third one third. of the time, you're going to score on them. Exactly, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And most teams do take three penalties a game, so... Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, 67.5. They're in 30th. In 29th is Ottawa, 67.7. Florida's in 28th at 71%. And Calgary's in uh, 27th at 71.8. All right. All right. You ready for some rumors? I'm ready for some rumors. Hit me with the rumors. Do you know any rumors? Well, not rumors about specific players, but there was a great amount of interest in Kyle Dubas traveling all around North America oh, this yes, past Oh, yes, the Toronto week. media blew that up. Oh, yeah, going to every city and watching games one night, the next night, the next night, the next night, and he was in the crowds and in the stands and yeah. and uh, watching things, and everyone's trying to guess why he's there. And it's, so it's not really a rumor, but it's it's obsession with this young mm. man. Well, the only player that I have to talk about in the rumor here is... Toronto related. It's Nylander. Nylander, of course. It's the biggest name out there as far as yeah. r- rumors right now. And the context of his visits uh, to these places, some of the suspicion was that he was maybe looking at what he could get for Nylander with yep. some of these other teams. Did you hear what team is, not? A, it's not official, but it, it's pretty much official, what team has been talking to Toronto about Nylander? I do not. The Carolina Hurricanes. Wow. So much so that I, I believe, or many believe, that Toronto has actually given uh, Carolina the ability to speak to Nylander's camp about signing. Because if he gets traded, going to want to sign right away, probably, he's mm-hmm. in RFA. So um, apparently that's in the works right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. So um, <laughs> here's why I think Carolina is the perfect place for Nylander. Carolina currently only has three natural right wingers. Well, Nylander can play the right wing and he can play it well. Carolina has eighteen million dollars in cap space, so money isn't an, money isn't a big deal for for uh, Carolina whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that begs the question: Who does Carolina give back? What does what does Toronto need? Defense, exactly. Big time, big time defense. So, if this trade happens, I think Justin Falk is going uh, the other way. He's going to be a UFA in one year, and Toronto needs experience D. Justin Falk is ex- an experienced defenseman, and he's he's pretty good. He's, but he's been in the rumors in the past year and a half or so. So I think that maybe it could it could work both ways. It's not unreasonable, as now Falk currently makes uh, $4.8 million uh, a year. And this is on the cap. But the problem is that this is bad for Toronto because his contract was backloaded. 
Oh, okay. And so he gets more expensive. Exactly. As, oh, so oh, even oh, though oh. he's only appearing, if he went to Toronto, he'd only appear as 4.8 on the cap. Toronto actually literally has to pay him $6 million because his contract at the first couple of years was like 2.5 or something like that. So Carolina, financially, this works well for them. Right, so, right. I don't know. Well, we'll see. But I, I think that that's the best trade I could trade scenario I could come up with in my mind. So if you take Falk out of the roster for Carolina, they actually now have $20 million to play with, right? Yeah, I if guess. If you look at it that way. Well, and they still have to sign Nylander if Nylander oh, well, came right. back. So yeah. I guess you'd be losing some because he'd probably sign Nylander for at least seven, oh, I think. Yeah, I think so. so. I think I, I think if he was available for seven, they'd probably have him signed by now. Mm. So it might even he might be holding out for more than Could that. Could be. But maybe he would take a discount this year and sign like for a next year beginning contract at seven and a half or eight or something and yeah. everybody be happy. Depends on, depends if he wants long-term or a bridge contract or whatever. Mm, but yeah. All right. So that's all the rumors I have. Very interesting. Mm. I know uh, we're talking about Carolina and on the night that Dubas was in Carolina, cause he was actually there yep. for one of their games. I happened to see the highlights from that game. And I mentioned this to you, I think a day or two ago about their celly that the team has. Celly. <laughs> now, I don't know if you want to talk about it now or yeah, later. Yeah, go for it. But uh, Carolina, uh, since I guess the beginning of the season, has adopted a celebration that the whole team does after they do a home win. And uh, one of the players will lead the Viking. Yeah, and the fans get into it. And the, the fans all get into it. And the other team members get into it. See, this all started with teams coming out onto the ice, raising their sticks to mm-hmm. their fans. At first, I would think of seeing it only maybe in the last game of the regular season when the team's saying, thanks for a good year, for cheering us on. Now you see it almost after every game Mm. with some teams. And so now what Carolina's doing is they're doing that. They're also doing this rush thing where they all line up in the blue line. The game's over. They Mm -hmm. all line up in the blue line, and they skate like mad down to the other end and maybe crash into the glass or... They'll line it up ahead of time and do something different on a given night. They'll skate from one blue line to the other, reverse really quickly like a suicide, and skate back the other way, and then all go down on their butts and use their sticks as paddles. (laughs) They did that yesterday (laughs) in the game, I think. (laughs) Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) Use their sticks as paddles. And then Dougie Hamilton, uh, in the clip I saw, and I think this is from the night that Dubas was in the audience, uh, Dougie Hamilton did, I don't know what you call it, but that dance where they yeah, do this. Yeah, I don't and know what you call it. It's got either. a name, but it's, uh, it's very non-hockey, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say that. But uh, it became a topic of conversation with, uh, I think it was Brian Burke last night in Hockey Night in okay. Canada. And he was very, very disturbed. He by, probably thinks it's this. foolish. He thinks it's foolish. Yeah. He was okay with the clap mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, and he'd only go that far. His worry is that other teams may copy this and pick it up and it'll become a thing. Who cares? Not so much elsewhere in the NHL, but an AHL team might pick it up or some junior teams or college teams might pick it up and start doing maybe not that thing, but other similar things uh, just to uh, basically keep the fans in the in the arena to watch something. Uh, Isn't so that the not, point? Well, I guess so. Like, like So he, what's the big deal? I don't. I don't have a problem with it myself. The NHL is a business, but it's a game first. It's a game, and you want fans to have a fun experience. That's the entire point, yeah. And now I think, frankly, that um, it doesn't need to become a thing with any other team. This could just be Carolina's thing. Mm -hmm. One of the names they give to this rush down the ice is the Storm Surge. The Storm Surge. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is kind of funny. That's great. Because it is what you get with a hurricane. Uh, But anyway, like if you look at the New Zealand uh, rugby team, the All Blacks, the men's team, 
at the beginning of, of the matches that they play, they do a special dance called the haka. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever seen the haka, have, yeah. it's, it's very impressive, very frightening, I would think, if you're the opposing team member and they're all staring at you, sticking their tongues out and advancing towards you and things like that. But I just love, I love that. Yeah, it's cool. And I love watching it. And no other team does anything because they don't have the same Maori culture that the mm. New Zealanders would have, which is a good thing. But um, they they just have made it their own. And I think Carolina hopefully can make this their own. It's only for home games. Yeah. And uh, just have fun with it. Just it, have fun with there it. There was a bit of an issue in last night's version of that, though, because there's because of their start of doing this, all the camera people are now coming out on the ice. So they had like four oh, yeah. cameramen and then a photographer or whatever. And when they reversed yesterday, <laughs> they were trying to get out of the way and someone, some of the players tripped on a cord. Yeah, the wire, the wire. That, that went all the way to the camera. And there's two or three people that were on their knees in the middle of the ice trying to get out of the way of this <laughs> thing. And the cord was all in. And one skate plate across that cord and you're, you're off the air. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was uh, interesting. I hadn't seen it before. And it's my own fault. I haven't been paying very much attention to out-of-market teams that I don't follow. Mm. Uh, but uh, when I did see a clip of it a day or two ago after one of the recent wins, I was very impressed with it. I thought it's it's great. It just shows team spirit. I agree. And there's probably some sad sack in that team that hates doing it. Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you can find them. They're over to one side going a lot slower than the rest with mm. their eyes rolling. But for the most part, they seem to be in on it. And whatever works, right? Yeah. They're, they're doing fantastic. They're in second place in their division. And uh, they're, they're, having a, they're having a blast. They're having a, a franchise season right now. Mm. I hope they keep doing it. Uh, me too. I, I, I hope they just keep doing something fun. Agreed. And, and hope no one rains on their parade. Definitely. Right on. Um, milestones. Is it okay if I talk a little bit about, mi about milestones? You definitely can. I know one you're thinking of, but that's oh, not yeah. first on my list. Oh, come on. Uh, Jason Spezza is at 896 of 900 points. So mm -hmm. he's right there. He's getting close. Uh, mm -hmm. Every every game, he's he's getting close. Here we go. Here's the one you're waiting for. Carey Price passes Patrick Waugh and wins for the Montreal Canadiens. He's at 290, and Patrick Waugh was, I believe, at 289. Correct. So that's that's pretty huge for, for Carey Price, and uh, he's not that far off. He's not. that number one spot. He m might be able to do it this year. He might. Jacques Plante, I think, has 315. Yeah, it's close to that, yeah. So it's 25 wins. Uh, if you think of the 10 games already gone, the Emmys played three or four of those games, and he'll play probably another 15. Yep. So that leaves about 40 games, really, realistically, mm -hmm. uh, for Carey Price to get 25 wins. Not impossible at all. And if they do make it into the playoffs and squeak a few games out, it could happen this yep. year, but it certainly will happen next year. Yeah, definitely. And just the, his play overall, we'll talk about the game later, but his play overall last night and just this season has been exemplary. Yeah, it's been, it's been very good. Yeah. Um, Ovechkin passed uh, Patrick Marlowe in points. Did you know about that? I did not. So Ovechkin now has uh, 1,136 points. And uh, Marlowe has 1,134. So it's, I, I don't see Marlowe getting that spot back. No, no offense to Marlowe because Ovechkin is Ovechkin. Yeah. But uh, anything's possible. So these would be the highest active players right now? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, active, whatever. Mm -hmm. He's not, these aren't, he's not the highest active player. Oh, but I'm just saying that. Oh, he's not Ovechkin total points? No, no. I'm just saying that Ovechkin passed Marlowe. Okay. Uh, do you know who is uh, top in points? I don't. There's only one player. There's only one active player in the top 50 of all-time points. Do you know who it is? In the top 50? In the top 50 of all-time points. Only one active player. I don't know. Joe Thornton. 
You're kidding. Yep. Wow. I think he's in the top 25, actually. Good for him. Yeah. I did not know. Mm -hmm. I did not know. That's something. Um, Crosby's just, I think he's like maybe between 10 and 15 points behind Ovechkin, mm -hmm. but he's played for far less games. Far but, fewer games. He uh, uh, had he could, some injuries. That high ankle sprain took him out for months and, and months. And concussion and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He could pass Ovechkin this year, but yeah. uh, it's, I don't know. Ovechkin's playing pretty good, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Um, did you know that Backstrom has 200, like, so, okay, <laughs> hold on. Backstrom has 601 career assists. 234 of Backstrom's assists were on Ovechkin's goals. That makes perfect sense. 38.9%. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Yeah, there's just a little bit of chemistry there. Yeah, there's <laughs> another little bit of a milestone. Uh, you know who the oldest player currently active now in the NHL is? Uh, and he's only about six days short of his 42nd birthday. Oh, man. Uh, I guess I could sit here and try and think about it. I could probably get it after 10 minutes of thinking. But you probably could, but the viewers don't have time. Exactly, so hit me with it. It's Matt Cullen. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he was going to retire yeah. a year and a half ago after that cup win. Yep. And stuck around, and he's playing very well this year. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he is actually playing. playing very well. And he, he looks like he's got lots of gas in the tank. They interviewed him last night. Scott Oak interviewed him. And they played a bit of the interview he did on the ice with him after he'd won the cup, mm -hmm. saying, and when he basically announced, you know, I'll think about it for a while, but this is probably it, you know, I'm probably going to retire. Mm. And he didn't, and uh, so they went back to the live shot with him, and, and he he looked all full of uh, P and V, ready to roll. P &P. So, so he's good. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, have you been paying attention to the streaks? Mm, a little bit, but I couldn't I couldn't uh, make any money on Jeopardy with streak questions. We've well, got a team on a five game winning streak as we're filming this. We do. Do you know who that is? I believe. Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not Pittsburgh. They're on four. They have they four. They have four. Yes, you're right. Right. It's I, a it's a West team. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's not L.A. <laughs> it's not L.A. That's for sure. Um, is it? No, it wouldn't be Edmonton. It's not Edmonton, but they have been playing pretty they're well been lately. Play, I think they're at three. I think they have a three game streak. Um, I could just glance to my left and probably, probably see the answer right away. So I'm going to say Colorado. It's Minnesota. Oh. Five-game winning streak. Good for them. Yeah, Dominic's been playing really well. Wow. Uh, the whole team has really been, been playing well. Kemper as well. Um, Arizona's at three. So <laughs> Including? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get to that. Now for losing streaks. Uh, okay. You want to make any guesses? I, I will say Florida. Uh, no. Okay. L.A., is on a six-game losing streak. Oh, that's hard. We're going to talk about them a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Anaheim is on a four-game losing streak, so their uh, their season's kind of turned around a little bit. Now mm -hmm. they're playing much like I predicted that they would play. So, are you going to reinstate your prediction of a slow start? Now? I'm going to reinstate my prediction <laughs> of a slow start. Exactly. All right. <laughs> and the Philadelphia Flyers are on a three-game losing streak, and uh, I want to talk about Philadelphia, but we're going to save it for. I'm, we're going to review the games that happened last night, and mm -hmm. I want to talk about Philadelphia then, All basically. Right. And so that's a good segue, because the next on my list is those games from yesterday. Okay. Uh, I think you have some notes probably on some of these. I do on some of them, yeah. Uh, I'd like to go through in order of the games as they happened. So sure. the first on my list is New Jersey and Florida. Mm -hmm. This was, it, the score was 3-2 for New Jersey. Did, did you watch any of this game? I did not. Do you know how it ended? I do know uh, how other it than, ended. Other than the score of 3-2? <laughs> 
Well, uh, no, I don't know. I didn't know there was anything odd about the ending. Although Florida scored two goals in the third period late. It, or, yeah, or, it was three nothing with five minutes left. Yeah, yeah. And and Florida scored twice. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, they they, they could have scored a third there. there. There was only I think nineteen seconds or something left after that mm-hmm. second goal. But um, it was, it's not as close as the score dictates. Mm-hmm. New Jersey played really well that game, and uh, but. Man, oh man, there's so there was some two a lot of two on ones in that game mm-hmm. from what I saw. So mm-hmm. <laughs> some defensive lapses for sure. Um, the Islanders played Philadelphia. I watched a bit of this game yesterday. Uh, Islanders won six to one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you watched any of this game, but no. Neuverth looked really, really bad. He looked tired, and he was left out to dry quite a bit. So uh, I don't want to blame him entirely, but he really didn't look good, so he definitely has to have some of the blame. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Islanders had only 22 shots. And six goals. And, and they got six goals. <laughs> I mean, there's a problem there. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't add up. Um, Edmonton, five. Nashville, three. Mm-hmm. From what I saw of this game, I didn't I didn't see the majority of it, but I did watch some of it. Uh, it almost had the playoff feel to it, mm-hmm. uh, back and forth. Nashville scored, and literally on like the face off after the goal within I think four seconds McDavid scored again it was awesome and that's when I think they were they had a two nothing lead I think it was and then Nashville scored and then McDavid went down and went bang for three one yeah it was so it just completely snuffed any beginning of momentum that Nashville was trying to get exactly yeah Uh, Saros did look good I mean Nashville Mm -hmm. lost but Saros looked, looked good he made some incredible saves in the first period uh, but the Edmonton Stars looked better. McDavid was was skating. Uh, Drysaddle was his his usual accurate shot self. And Forsberg got a hat trick. Mm-hmm. I think two were assisted by PK Subban. Okay. Uh, I think on the power play, both of them maybe at least one was on the power play. Yeah, scored all three goals. Yeah, and uh, nice ones too. Nice mm-hmm. wrist shots. Cool. Uh, Washington beat Calgary 4-3. I watched uh, the majority of this game, actually, and it was really back and forth. It Honestly, it felt like a playoff game. Did you watch any of that game? I, I saw the highlights, and I didn't watch a lot of it, but I just saw. I, I guess I saw more than highlights. I saw like a, a game recap or something, mm. but it, I didn't see the whole game. It was sure. really good. Washington got out uh, early, and then I think they got two goals, and Calgary came back and scored. Uh, and really kept it close. It was it was lots of back and forth. It was a really really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope someone out there got a chance to see it. I'm just gonna remove this mic arm if it's loud. I'm sorry. There. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. But, um, the Montreal Boston game. I know you've been waiting to talk about this. Montreal wins did three. They play, did they play last night? <laughs> I don't know. Montreal wins three nothing. Oh wow. Carey Price uh, looked great. He made some some windmill saves. Yeah, he had a windmill save that they, they then posted side-by-side side with one Patrick Waugh did probably 25 years ago. Oh, cool. And uh, it was the leather. Mm. You know, it was the, the left glove leather and all the way around, and uh, Patrick Waugh did it, a similar one. They, they they could almost superimpose them one on top of the other. The only difference was Carey Price was a little farther back, closer to his crease, whereas Patrick Waugh had come out more for his. Okay. Otherwise, the body motions were identical. Mm. And I got thinking, you know, was the windmill save uh, just a show-off thing? And I... I've decided it's not, because when you're flashing your leather out there to get that puck, let's say you only get a piece of it. If you hit the puck and only get a piece of it while your arm's in upward motion like that, chances are greater that you're going to knock it off its trajectory for the net. That's true. You'll knock it up instead of 
uh, just slightly in another direction. So mm-hmm. I think there's a science and to the windmill save. That being said, they look amazing. Well, they're gorgeous. Another thing is too, even if you're, even if you're right there, and you, I think you are, your hand doesn't, for a goaltender, doesn't rest in a natural position of being up. Your hand is down mm-hmm. as, a, as a butterfly stance. So you're, if you're always, your arm's always going up to make left saves. That's true. So that, that's a very good point. It's just when well. they, they probably just keep it going a little bit. For yeah, some that's great. Thank yeah. you very much, <laughs> Carrie, and thank you, Patrick. <laughs> you, you've given me many, many joyful moments over the years. Exactly. Carrie Price looked really good in that he looked non-spectacular again. He just looked normal. He looked normal, which is amazing. He when he's normal, hmm. Carrie Price is the best goaltender on the planet because it's his, all about positioning. Yeah. It's all about where he's at so he doesn't have to do those extension type saves. Yeah, he's a very good positional goalie for sure. Yeah. But there were there were a few where he had to uh bring it. Uh but most of the most of the pucks that he stopped, he had a good look at them. He could deaden them and kill the play and smother the puck in front of him and and go to a whistle. This he, w- Yeah, uh, this win was more about Boston being not great more than Montreal being good. Mm-hmm. Montreal played decent. Galgar scored a, a very pretty goal. But uh, most of Boston's shots came from the outside and right in the breadbasket of Gary Price. And they just didn't really have the effort there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were tired from a previous game or what. Uh, but I don't uh, know. They didn't look like their usual Boston self. They so. didn't. And all the, all the regular players were there for the most part. They had, I think Krug is out. But, uh, you know, Marchand and Bergeron, mm-hmm. they were all playing. Um, Gallagher's goal where he deeks a cherry and walks in and, and just, he picks a spot now, of course, your Glenn Haley's of the world and your, <laughs> your, uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Kelly Rudy. It's all about the different goalie equipment and they're still not adjusting to how wide they are when they try to close off that post. You know, it's all about the equipment change, mm-hmm. but I think it's about laser shot in the case of Gallagher. It was a beautiful goal. <laughs> That's your biased opinion. No, it's not biased at all. It's very scientific. Um, I thought Domi's goal was, it's a little garbagey because there was just such a scramble in front. And there was going to be a penalty on that play. There was. Anyway. The, the arm was up and he was about to blow something down. And then the arm went from up to pointing into the net mm. and then pointing at Domi. Although it looked like, um, I forget who else was, had their stick right in the corner there. And I thought maybe it bounced off another Canadian stick. Didn't matter mm. as long as it went in. Then there was a goal that was called back. Yeah, Boston actually scored in this game. They scored and they scored, I think, a goal that Carey Price would would have wanted to have back absolutely because it was it was a floater it was a floater and it went in over his shoulder but uh it was offside at the blue line it was clearly offside I thought it was the minute it happened I said they better I thought that too yeah they better review that damn goal (laughs) because uh, I think it's offside and sure enough they did and they reversed it if that goal had not uh been uh, overturned it would have been two one. Mm-hmm. I think the whole complexion of the game changes. Totally, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, a little bit of bit, a little bit of luck there, because just by an inch or two, that goal would have counted. Mm. And uh, I think Boston did pour it on the third period. They poured it on hard. Montreal did what it often has done over the last several years, and they get a bit more defensive, which is the worst thing you can do. But for the most part, they played in the in Boston's zone for the first two thirds mm. of the game, anyway. And in the third period, Carey Price had to be himself to get that win. He wanted to pass uh, Patrick Roy to get into second place. He wanted to do it by a shutout if he could. And near the end there, it was getting close. Getting dicey, yeah. Oh, man. And at one point, uh, uh, number 24, um, oh, uh, Montreal. Deneau? Uh, yes, Deneau, sorry. Uh, Price went up to him 
and said something to him just before a face-off, and, and I don't know what exactly it was, but uh, the puck was dropped. Uh, Deneau was over along the boards, and one of the Boston players tried to shoot from just in front of him. And he went down and blocked the shot with the inside of his, one of his knees. Mm-hmm. And when that puck hit him, he went down. I mean, he was in bad shape, uh, just momentarily, like probably a, just a big stinger. Like yeah. It wasn't permanent damage. But then the puck went back towards the blue line, and to know there was no way he was going to get off the ice. So he got up as far as his knees. And when the puck came back towards him, and by then Buffalo had pulled the goalie. They're down. Buffalo, eh? Or <laughs> Boston had pulled the goalie. They're down 2 nothing, and yeah. it's less than three minutes to go in the third period. And they're coming on really strong. And Deneau is over there on his knees after this block shot, mm-hmm. manages to get the puck along the boards and get it across the blue line and clear it. And then he can stagger to the bench. Good effort. A fantastic effort. And afterwards, Kerry went back to him and congratulated him for helping him out. Mm. Uh, what what great team, team spirit they've got right now. Cool. Yeah, it was Deneau. Um, and uh, yeah, this is just, he, he didn't even play last night. It's the only, first game he hasn't played. He has a minor upper body injury. So I won't say who it is until I give you the quiz question. Oh. Who's the player in the Montreal Canadiens with the best plus-minus rating right now? Uh, Noah Jolson. Yeah, Noah Jolson. Plus nine. Yeah, he's plus nine. Plus nine. Um, do you know which team has the highest plus-minus rating in the entire Atlantic Division right now? In the entire Atlantic Division? Yeah. Based on the team we're talking about, I'm going to say Montreal. It is. Yeah, they're plus eight or plus nine. Hmm. And uh, there's other teams very close, of course, but uh, that three nothing win really shoved them up there. So they're they're doing really mm. doing really well. Um, yeah. So I guess that's I guess the extent of it. The last thing I'll leave it with is Price's uh, numbers. When the game started, he was at two point four eight goals against average, and when you have early games in the season when there, yeah. there's a smaller sample size, <laughs> he went from two point four eight to two point one three. That's a big jump. And his save percentage went from 906 to 922. Ooh, that's better. <laughs> that's better. So uh, all in all, a pretty decent game. Yeah, pretty, good, pretty decent game. Oh, yeah. uh, the Toronto-Winnipeg game, mm. this one was tough. Oh. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's good, though, because, I mean, I, I was rooting for Winnipeg because I didn't want Toronto to get those two points, but Toronto really showed a lot of resilience in that in that third period, mm-hmm. uh, coming back. and Especially get, without Matthews at that point. Yeah, because he left, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they did that. That's... That's how you have to win. Games like this is exactly the type of games you look for when you look for a cup contender. Every Teams can win every night of the week and be good, but when you're down in a game 2 nothing in the third period, the, these, the games that you can come back in in that situation and win, that's a Stanley Cup caliber team. So, yeah, pretty cool to see. a lot of grit, determination, and... Uh, and facing adversity. Not only adversity on the score sheet, but adversity in that you've lost arguably your best player. Mm. And he may be gone for a while, the way he went off the ice with that bad shoulder. And they move Kadri up into his spot. Kadri gets a goal. Uh, and they they score all these goals in the, really in the dying minutes of the third period mm-hmm. and walk away 3-2. And it must be heartbreaking for Winnipeg. Hellebuck, I'm sure, played a great game prior to the last little phase of the third period. And it's not like... If they were paying, playing Detroit, no offense to Detroit or Detroit fans, but if they had came back in the game against Detroit and scored three goals and won, people would have been like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they deserve to win regardless. It was Derek kind of playing Detroit. Detroit's struggling a little bit. But they did it against Winnipeg. Yeah. And Winnipeg's playing really well. Like, they're a Stanley Cup contendering team. Absolutely. So the, the fact that they did not only came back, but did it against Winnipeg, mm-hmm. even more impressive. Yeah. And the two goals they got to make it a real game was 26 seconds apart. Yeah. 
And it just, you wonder if Winnipeg had that same collapse uh, deflation that Montreal always has oh, when, yeah. when they get scored on late. Because Montreal's blown some third period leads. Oh, more than a couple. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> actually there's one this year that's just devastating. Mm. Where they had a one goal lead with a minute and a half to go. I don't even want to talk about okay. it. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, Buffalo and Columbus. I, this is the game I didn't get to see any of, but Columbus won 5-4. Isn't it nice to see Buffalo be competitive? Oh, it's absolutely. Because it was overtime. They took Columbus to overtime. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Like, On the great. road. Yes. Columbus so, was the home team. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm jealous I didn't get to see any of that game because it looked like it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Louis and Chicago. St. Louis won uh, seven to three. I uh, didn't get to see any of this game either, unfortunately. But it looks like St. Louis is starting to get their 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 team back. Mm-hmm. Really, they have had had some moving pieces in the off season and stuff, and some maybe some chemistry issues at the beginning of the season. Uh, goaltending starting to come around a little bit, so hopefully this trend keeps up because I do like St. Louis. Uh, yeah. They played a great defensive game. They limited Chicago to nineteen shots in the whole oh, game. Oh, only nineteen shots. Only wow. nineteen shots, and Jake got. 16 saves, so cool. good for him. Uh, Minnesota beat Colorado in a very close game, 3-2. Did mm-hmm. you see any of this game? I did not. Oh, I, I, you should go watch the highlights if you can and and look for the Dumba hit against Kerfoot. He, Kerfoot was entering his zone, and Dumba just, like, basically just, he was skating backwards and then just stopped and, and kind of pushed forward and just leveled Kerfoot. <laughs> it was a very clean, very clean hit. It was awesome. It's one of those hits that you only see about once a week Mm -hmm. that's yeah so after this podcast go look for it (laughs) now this game arizona versus tampa bay arizona Mm -hmm. won seven to one what 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 what? did you see it was a net for tampa i didn't it was not vasilevsky oh it wasn't i see now louis domingue yeah domingue yeah so he was a net and that's not really a shot at louis domingue he he's a good goalie but he did have a really tough night last night he let in some terrible goals Mm -hmm. um and more so Coyotes just played good. They were skating so fast. Uh, they were just they were breaking into the zone, stealing pucks in the neutral zone, stealing pucks in the offensive zone, and turning them into goals. They played. They just played a really really good game. Uh, did you see the goal that Tampa Bay scored? No. You have to go look at it after this podcast. <laughs> it was the weirdest damn thing. All right. No one knew where the puck was, and it went in the net. So I, I think it was Tyler Johnson over on the side of the boards, and he just he was the only forward for Tampa in the zone, I think, and he just kind of like threw it. She tried to throw it kind of behind the net or something like that and go for a change. I think this is what happened. And it kind of went off of the Coyotes defender stick up and over like everyone's head and Anti Ranch is just standing there. Everyone's just standing there and then the puck goes over. <laughs> it was it was the strangest damn thing. Anyways, yeah, definitely have to go check that out later. Mm-hmm. And then the final game, the Pittsburgh Vancouver game, Pittsburgh won five nothing. I watched all of this game. Did you really? I did. I PVR'd it and then I what I do every Sunday morning is I get up early and I watch games I was able to PVR the night before and I fast forward through the commercials mm. and some of the banter. And I was able to watch the entire game in probably an hour and 15 minutes because I did stop and watch for mm. some of the commentary. And as much as it was a 5 nothing game, uh, it did not reflect the degree of play Vancouver had. Vancouver actually was, maybe for the first two periods, uh, very competitive in this game. Mm, it was only were. 2 nothing at, at that point, and uh, Vancouver still had a chance to get it back. They had a very, very unfortunate penalty called against them. I don't know if you saw that. I did not. There was um, uh, a, a Pedersen, uh, no, sorry, uh, just let me find my notes here. Uh, in the, uh, right, yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> What's going on? I'm, I'm just give me a second here. I, I got to go through my notes. Again, is it Peterson or Patterson? Well, because apparently he said his name is Peterson. He said but that many times. But then other people are saying, "Is no, no, it's Patterson." Yeah. It, but he's, he himself said his name was pronounced Peterson. The last time I heard him say what he wanted, he said Peterson. So that's what I would prefer did to Did he use. change his mind again to, Pat, to Patterson? If he did, I haven't seen that video yet. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's lock this down, guys. Let's, someone send me a concrete answer here. <laughs> anyway, I can't find the... Uh, that's okay. I, I can't find my note. But anyway, the penalty was uh, uh, a Vancouver player got four minutes for high sticking uh, because there was blood. Yeah. But if you look at the replay, there was clearly, his stick was still on the ice. A teammate oh, no. of the player this happens every once in got a while. high sticked yeah. or, or did the high sticking. It was all accidental. They always are. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what happened. So Vancouver's in the box for four minutes. Now, during that four-minute penalty, Pittsburgh took a penalty as well. So for two minutes, it was four on four. Mm-hmm. And no one scored in any of that. So it, it was as... It all zeroed out at the end, but it was early in the third period when that happened. And I think it was still a two nothing game. Momentum change. It really, because yeah. Vancouver maybe was, well, they were, they were building up a pretty good offensive push against Pittsburgh at that time when this all happened and it just took the air right out of it. So very unfortunate. And because of that, because we have video replay for goals, we have video replay for icings or offsides rather, I think in cases like this, especially if it's going to be a four-minute penalty. The NHL head office, wherever they are, Toronto, I guess, should be able to call back to the arena and say, look, before you drop this puck, you need to come over to the side and look at your little iPad and see that the penalty you've just called actually did not happen. Mm -hmm. Because that regular season's bad enough. But if this thing went on in the playoffs, it would be devastating. What would you think about the idea of employing another referee not on the ice, mm-hmm. put them in the in between the benches or put them in the other side where the clock is, whatever, strictly for reviewing stuff. They see something on the ice, whatever, and immediately they have the replay there, and then they make the call. The referee, the licensed referee in between the benches makes the call based on the replay. Mm-hmm. And they don't so the, the referees on the ice don't have to come over and get their little iPhones out and their little iPads and review the the play with their headsets. They can go over talk to the referee that's already in there to make the decision, and then he just lets them know because he's a licensed referee. He has the ability to make the call. I'm okay with that. Good. Me too. Let's yeah. get it done. Let's get it done. NHL, let's, you listening? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I'm all in favor of being more accurate. Yes. Just being more accurate. And here's a, it was just a perfect case, a perfect case. Maybe this is one they can use at some board of directors meeting in the future to say, look, see, here's another one. Uh, now, as much as I say Vancouver played well, they did, no question. They, they play a lot like Montreal, actually. They're just very, very fast at yes. getting the puck back out of their zone and back down the other way. A lot like Montreal. And um, usually that results in a win for them, just not so much last night. But there were some bad lapses in defensive coverage. There's a goal where Crosby, he goes right between Goodbranson and Delzato. They're both backing up. It's a three-on-two. Mm-hmm. Crosby's the guy in the middle, and he just skates between them. And then he gets the puck and it's over. And there was a few other goals like that where Crosby or Malkin is just left over to one side and no one even looking at it. Yeah, Crosby scored a really nice goal. It, I think was, it was a tic-tac-toe play. Yeah, it was just, Very nice. just beautiful. Did you see the marksman sa- Markstrom save in the first period? I did. The skate? Yeah. They, they were starting to call it the scorpion save, but the skate <laughs> yeah, didn't come up <laughs> high enough. But it was amazing. It was really good. Yeah. Highlight it, reel for sure. It was just amazing. Um, so that's... Uh, Oh, they did another honoring of Bob Cole again. They they announced that he was calling that game, and he was. You know, 
Bob Cole's a little sharper this year than he was last year, but he still doesn't know what's going on out there. He's still calling wrong names and stuff. There was there was a time when Nicholas Haglin was involved in the play, and you don't need to see the number in the jersey to see it's Nicholas Haglin. He's got long hair. There's enough hair <laughs> flying out of that helmet that it can't be anybody else. Yeah. And Bob Cole did not know who he was That's because he was never positioned in a spot where Bob could see his number. And Bob's bad for that. He'll mm. talk about the play and, oh, here it shot back in. Oh, it's a nice clearing pass, you know, and he, but he won't say who did it because yeah. he just doesn't know. And that's unfortunate. He's still an exciting hockey broadcaster yeah, and this is 50 years and, and I'm okay to give him all kinds of free passes, especially this year, <laughs> but it's, it is uh, pretty sad. Mm. Something else I noticed, and this is something that a lot of people don't pick up, but since I used to be a rink announcer, um, when there was one minute left in the first period in Vancouver, they forgot to say it. Oh, really? <laughs> it was not there at all. I went, oh, back, no. I went back and listened. I said, did I miss the, the announcement of the one minute? Cause I always wait for it. And it, yeah, it wasn't there. Only you would, oops, geez. Jeez, are you? Sorry. Easy on that. Uh, this is why we need new mic arms. This is why, like, seriously. we seriously do need new mic arms. Mm -hmm. The audio is good in these mics, but the, like, everything else, crap. <laughs> anyway, uh, you would be the only person to notice that. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that wraps up the review of the games from Saturday. Mm -hmm. games. Oh, I found my note. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd written it in where the game was, but it was down here with other notes, just more general notes about penalty replay. Yeah, uh, they called a penalty on Roussel four minutes, and it actually was Simone uh, from the other. From so Pittsburgh. The, only, the only the only thing in your notes was just the names. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but. Uh, Gigi. <laughs> Games today. There's only six. Yeah. Rangers versus LA. One of these two teams that are struggling. Mm -hmm. Both teams in the bottom four, I believe, in the league. So. LA really get a win, so we'll see what happens. That game's actually might be going on right now as we're filming this or very soon. Yeah, they're, they're actually playing, I think, in Los Angeles, but they're playing it early. So I think it mm. starts at, you know. <laughs> 7 a.m. <laughs> in LA time, I think it's like 11 or 10 or 12.30 in the afternoon or 11.30 yeah. in the morning or something in LA. Yeah. Dallas plays Detroit. There should be, a, I don't want to say a walk for Dallas, but I mean, I would be, I would be surprised if Detroit won there. Mm -hmm. The Islanders play Carolina. That'll actually be a pretty good game, pretty competitive game. Edmonton plays Chicago. That's probably going to be a pretty good game. Ottawa versus Vegas. Mm. Hard to pick a winner in that one. I'm, you almost want to say Ottawa, yeah. right, right as things are right now. Well, Ottawa's got a slightly better record, actually. They both have nine points, but Ottawa has one fewer regulation loss. Ottawa is playing this year like Vegas did last year. Mm -hmm. a little bit yeah uh and then the last game is san jose versus anaheim that's going to be a really really good game hope you guys can uh, tune tune into that if you have the ability to it's going to be awesome mm -hmm. battle of california yeah um next on my list is the reason why i'm wearing an, an la hat and an la jersey there are problems problems in la so if we just review a couple of things did you know that there's only one player on the los angeles kings in the plus of plus minus i did not do you want to guess who that is? Um, Doughty. It is Kopitar. <laughs> okay. he has, he's a plus one. <laughs> oh, and he's God. the only one in the pluses. There is someone with at zero, but that doesn't count. So John Stevens has been their head coach for less than two years. Mm -hmm. He was he was with the organization before. Uh, very good, very good coach, but they are struggling now. So there's a lot of people questioning, is it time to let him go? Is it time to, I think it's a little early in the season for me, so I don't, I don't know if I would say let's can the coach. Um, so you have to look at the players then. Can you trade a bunch of players? 
for 15 games in the season no one's really no one's looking for trades out there uh so that's probably unrealistic do you blame the goalies well jonathan quick has he didn't play very good in in the games he has played and he got injured and yada 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 he's not as quick as he used to be he's not (laughs) but their goalie coach is bill ranford Mm -hmm. now some people might not know who bill ranford is out there but bill ranford is one of the most iconic goalies probably through the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. uh, in my memory. Boston, Calgary. Uh, yeah, and Edmonton, I think. He played mm-hmm. for Edmonton. Uh, he was very good. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you can blame the goalies. I think it's just I think it's just a lack of performance from the team in front of the goalies. And it reminds me of the L.A., not last year, but the year before they really struggled. Um, they kind of went back to that mindset a little bit. But... I I think they just need a win. If they can win today, I think it'll straighten some things out. Mm-hmm. So that they just need to get that monkey off their back. That's my opinion. Don't don't rush into anything. Don't fire the coach. Don't trade the players. Don't fire any other coaching staff or get rid of the goalie. Just let them play four or five more games, see how things go. And if by that point they're on a 10-game losing streak, then you have to do something. Yeah, so. it's a bit early to hit the panic button. Yeah. Yeah, a bit early. Uh... That's it. That's all I got for LA. <laughs> there's not. There's not a lot to say right now. It's no. A couple games in the season. Now, this I've been really looking forward to this part. This is the video question portion uh, that I talked about last podcast. So okay. I said, if you guys have any questions for us, you can actually send us some videos of yourself. So you filming yourself asking us uh, some questions. Now we received three of those, but one of those I can't download because uh, that person did not give me access to their Google Drive. So when I go to download, it just says you don't have access. So uh sean i believe your name is if you want to resend that and give me access or resend it a, di- a different way like through dropbox actually dropbox oh man would you see stop that? i can't help it these my arms suck you can help us because you're you're talking with your italian self you <laughs> have less than one hey, percent italian dna bada bing bada boom but you seem to be like you just keep your hands down where they belong I and you're fine I'm a, I'm a hand talker well i'll put them behind my back there. Yeah, it's not going to work. You, you'll probably be, not be able to move, speak. Then I'll move my head. I got to move something. I'm a fidgeter. Uh, so if you, uh, Dropbox would be the best option for anyone in the future who wants to send a, send us a question. Just if you don't know what Dropbox is, it's free. You just upload your video to that. And you can get a share link, and then you just share the link with me, and I can go download it. That's definitely the easiest way. Um, but you can email your videos to us at posttopostshow at gmail dot com if you have any questions. So. I only have two because I couldn't get the mm-hmm. couldn't get one. So we have two questions here. All right. So if you want to go ahead and um, open up the first one, this is from Nick, and he's his question is about Chicago. Okay, here we go. Hey Neil and Brett, my name is Nick, and I run the YouTube channel Nick S Blackhawks Talk, and I would like to get your guys' input on Corey Crawford finally coming back from his ten-month-long concussion. Can you see the Hawks? having a true boost in momentum going into the rest of the season. I know it's early yet, but I feel like it's a possibility with having one of the best goalies being back. I feel like it can help the team in a all-around play, even though the Hawks' defense is kind of weak at points. Thank you for taking my question, and most of all, let's go Hawks. All right, so a great question there from Nick, mm-hmm. and uh, just a quick note. The jerseys in behind him, 
look a lot like the jerseys in behind us. So it looks like he collects jerseys, so that's great to see. Yeah. Uh, and he had a very good question about uh, Crawford. So he's been back for uh, a couple games now, I think five. Mm-hmm. His goals against average is 2.44, and his save percentage is uh, 9.19. Those are pretty respectable numbers after you come back from a concussion. So I think just looking statistically at his numbers, things look pretty good. And if you look at the rest of the team, uh, Keith and Seabrook, in my opinion, really have declined over the past 18 months. I think he mentioned that there in the video that the defense is questionable at times. So I think I think he made some good points there, and I, I agree with him that uh, Crawford coming back does give the team a bit of a boost. Cam Ward hasn't really played that great for Chicago this year, so uh, yeah, I, I I definitely agree with with Nick there and his question or his his comments there of, of Crawford really giving a boost to the team. Yeah, I and I I would agree, and I think there are some other examples in the past where players have had a long layoff because of concussion or whatever uh, other disabling condition they've had, and then they come back and they do really well. And one of the players that they were talking about last night in that category is Chris Letang. Oh, yes, that's a really good example. And he was uh, out for a long time, and and it really didn't uh, look good for him to be an effective returning player. But this year, he's outstanding. Mm. Maybe playing the best hockey he's ever played. So the layoff to recover from something like that can be hard and get your mind out of the game on one hand, but the amount of energy you can recover in your body to play hard when you do come back is the other side of that coin. Yeah, absolutely. Crosby's another good example there as well. He had uh, concussion mm-hmm. issues, came back, and was the same Crosby he's always been. So Yeah. So nowadays that we know more about concussions, uh, we can have uh, much better care for players or anyone when that happens, and a lot of uh, very intense medical follow-up and protocols, and when they do come back, they're ready to come back. Exactly. Right? As, rather than trying to come back too early because the owner wants them back in or something, right? So uh, I, I'm i optimistic. I agree. All right. All right. Next question comes from an unnamed person. They didn't say their name, but it's about San Jose. So uh, go ahead and play it. All right. Here it comes. All right. Post to post, how would you rate the San Jose Sharks current season? A, B, C, or D? All right. San Jose Sharks, uh, how would I rate their season? It's a tough one because I, I think although they are playing well, they aren't playing as well as we expected them to. Carlson coming in, some other changes and stuff. So mm-hmm. if I if I had to apply a letter grade to them, I'd I'd probably say B minus. If I if I can add some minuses and pluses, I'm, I'm going to say B minus. Mm-hmm. I'd be in the B range. They're leading their division, which is good, mm-hmm. but their division is so competitive that they're only really, I think, two points ahead of the second-to-last team or the third-to-last team in their division. So a couple of games can turn the tide, and they could be sitting in the bottom half of that. Yeah, so. and their division's a little a little weird anyway because LA's doing so poorly, and Anaheim's mm-hmm. now on this three-game losing streak as we're filming this. And yeah, the bottom two teams in that division right now are Vegas and LA. Yeah, <laughs> and they were two of the best teams last year. And they probably will end up being two be, of yeah. the better teams in the division before the season's over. So San Jose has to uh, really... Uh, not that they have to do anything different, but the fans and the, the, the players, they have to be aware that even if they can point to being in first place right now, uh, that's nowhere near where they need to be. They need to be creating distance and space between themselves mm. and the teams that are chasing them, and right now they're not doing that. They're lucky the their surrounding teams there in the division are playing so poorly, mm-hmm. uh, some of them. Otherwise, they might be in the middle of the pack there. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. Uh, the last thing on my list here is a uh, comment highlight. This is something else I wanted to do. I mentioned last week I wanted to pick out a good comment that I see uh, throughout the week on our, our on our channel and uh, read it and uh, get, get your thoughts on this. And you might you might have already seen this, 
And this isn't exactly what they wrote, but it's pretty much exactly what they wrote. So it came from IE Sports Network, and they said, uh, personally, I definitely think Ovechkin can, and this was in response to our video, can Ovechkin win more trophies? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ovechkin will need to score 31 goals a year for nine more years to pass Gretzky in goals for all-time goals. Wow. Uh, this is entirely possible considering he is averaging 37 goals a year now. I thought that was a really good uh, comment. That is. Because he's, what, 32 years old? He's around there, so he Something plays like for... It's not inconceivable yeah, that he... he could be in his early 40s. Yeah, because he's in great shape and... And he's going to want to, ch- he's going to chase that record. Oh, he yeah. wants it bad. Yeah. So that would be something. It's possible. I, and it's, and it's a record that when it was made by Gretzky, very credible hockey people were saying <laughs> yeah. never will be touched. It's, it's, ever. it's the only one I think that could be broken. No one's going to pass him in points. No one's going to pass him assists. Mm-hmm. He has more assists than anyone else does points yeah. at all times. So <laughs> it's not going to happen, <laughs> but, uh. You never know. Yeah, could happen. I hope it does. And, no uh, offense to Gretzky or yeah. Gretzky fans. And and it might help Nicholas Backstrom's numbers too. <laughs> that's true. You might get some more assists there. <laughs> all right, that's actually all I have from my on my list. I got a couple of things. Hit me still if uh, if you're able. Yes, yes. Uh, Don Cherry last night, uh, I think, did a really good deconstruction of the uh, terrible job that the NHL linesmen officials are doing with keeping the game flowing. He showed a couple of face-off wave-offs which were just bogus and And this is nothing. It's been going on the past five or six years. And the one he really did a good takedown on was an example of an icing where the puck could have been played by not one, but two of the players uh, as it was going down the ice who Mm -hmm. just decided not to reach for it. And it went down and they called it icing. And he was was really hemped up about that. He was livid. He was livid. And uh, good for him. I, I agree with both the points he was making. I don't always agree with Don Cherry, but I did on both of those last night. Yeah, we've been making that comment for the best. Well, since the channel started, really, we've been having conversations about that. Yeah. There's another thing that I want to get your opinion, because I have an opinion on this, and it's uh, it changes a bit from time to time. John Tortorella was quoted in the media, actually not quoted, he was seen on a video at a press availability, saying that... Uh, it's a new kind of hockey, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a new kind of hockey game now. It's not like it used to be. And he, he misses the old days of hockey where players actually hated each other. Hmm. He said, there's not enough hate in the game anymore. When you see players in the warm-up talking to each other and, and, you know, joking around and even getting ready for the face-off, players from opposing teams uh, talking to each other. And, and this was, uh, they came back to a Brian Burke piece on the Hockey Night in Canada. And Brian Burke agreed with Tortorella. He said there isn't enough animosity and truculence, I think is what he used in the game, anymore uh, with players. He, he said it's okay for players to go and have a beer after the game, but it's not okay for them to arrange that beer during the game. <laughs> I, I'm i going to disagree uh, completely, actually. I don't care if players uh, talk... Um, during the game or before the game or whatever, and who like I don't know. I don't want to be offensive, but like who cares? Yeah. Like it's just, I don't know. It's it's if they want to talk, they're friends. Like people get traded so often now, and like there's there's players who have played for five or six teams. I think Dominic Moore is up on his like eleventh <laughs> team as his, as of last year or something like that, or twelfth team. Like he knows everyone in the league. He's probably roomated with four hundred of them in the league. So like just. He knows people, right? And all the players know people. They play internationally together. and Well, that's one thing Brian Burke said, and he uh, and I disagree with what he said here. I'm agreeing with you at the end of this, uh, okay. no problem. But he said, uh, he said, we created the problem. 
and he called it a problem. We created this problem when we started having kids from the whole country playing together on teams in the under-16, the under-17, the World Juniors, Olympics. We have these players that are playing with each other all the time, and then in the minors, and then they go off to different teams. And so we created this problem where they actually know players from other organizations. Now, frankly, I don't consider that a problem. I think that's it's a wonderful a, thing. Yeah, that's not the entire point of growing the game. And like, <laughs> Well, exactly. So I, I really can't agree with, with Tortorella. I'm not surprised about that, that I don't agree with Tortorella. And I can't agree with Berkey here either because it's not a problem. It's a good thing. It's Definitely. a good thing that there's more sportsmanship in the game. If you look at football, soccer, uh, yeah. you know, with the, uh, the British uh, you know, Premier League that I usually watch, you see players all the time helping each other up off the field. Yes, you see you that in foot, even pro football, which yep. is a pretty brutal game. You'll see after a quarterback sack that the defensive linebacker will reach around and, and help the quarterback you get back on his feet. You see that every game. Every game. And, you know, there's lots of, uh, you know, they're not congratulating each other after a big play or anything, but you do see a lot of commonality of, of purpose. And this, this actually became a thing, if I'm not mistaken in memory here, prior to the first large NFL player strike that I can remember. Uh, players were less likely to be friendly on the field. But when the players were about to go on strike or talking about a strike, they decided to behave differently just to basically give the finger to the to the owners of their teams. Right. By being buddies, they'd shake hands after the game with each other <laughs> and stuff like that, just to show that, you know, we trust our brother players more than we trust the people that are signing our paychecks right now. So oh, this wow. is just a message to you guys, right? And I think that's carried on a bit. But I like... I, I just love gestures of sportsmanship when players from opposing teams can get along uh, just even a little bit. And it's not during the competition, but, you know, we see it sometimes, like when, when uh, Chera hit Dano with that massive shot there last right. year. Like he, he clearly, and there's people that gave us a bit of a ribbing on the comments when we talked about that last year, but he genuinely felt bad. Well, he, I think he stopped playing right away and almost kind of went over to mm -hmm. him and stuff. And he waited there on the ice until... yeah. Like he, he did the right thing. He did the t total right thing. And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of times where I didn't like Chara, especially when he tried to break Match Pacioretty's neck against the stanchion. But anyway. That's a conversation for another time and a conversation <laughs> we've, had, we've had before, a conversation that we've argued about before yeah. and all that good stuff. But but the Zidane Chara we saw that night is the real guy too. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and he should be credited and commended for that type of sportsmanship and uh, and good behavior, <clears throat> excuse me, good behavior on the ice. Mm. Uh, so I, I think Tortorello's out to lunch, and I think Burke is not far behind in this. I like Brian Burke a lot. I like his addition to Hockey Night in Canada. It's great and wonderful. There's some great insights to the game that you'd never have any other way, but it doesn't mean he's always right, mm. and he wasn't right about that. I agree. All right. Glad you brought that up, actually. I have a little more. Hit me with it. I'm, <laughs> you, I'm all done, so you give me your stuff here. And I'm only doing this because I read the comments after last week's podcast, and there was quite a bit of favorable response to me just mentioning the EIHL, and mm -hmm. that we do pay attention to what's going on elsewhere in the world. Do you have any other stuff from any other leagues other than the EIHL? I do. Excellent. I do. I'm glad and, you do. And that's why I'm doing this, Good. because one of the comments was, you know, hey, we're playing hockey in in uh, the Czech Republic and we're playing hockey in Sweden, you know. <laughs> so I'm just going to talk about who's doing well. Uh, just a couple of teams at the top of each of these Perfect. leagues. In the EIHL, uh, it, not Nottingham is first place with 19 points, but you've got uh, the Cardiff Devils, let's say. They're in fourth place. They have 16 points, but they've played seven fewer games. Yeah, we've talked about this last podcast. It's the, crazy. The game differential in the EIHL right now is a bit wonky. It's, so. it's really wonky. The Cardiff Devils have played nine games and have 16 points, which is amazing. 
the Nottingham Panthers have 19 points, but they've played 16 games to get those 19 <laughs> points. So I'm going to be watching this closely. Yeah, you, you almost have to do it in a winning percentage standings way. You almost have to, uh, especially early in the season. Yeah, uh, the Belfast Giants are just behind and tied with the Fife Flyers with 18 points. So uh, that those standings are definitely going to change in the next couple of weeks. The Liga in Finland, uh, Karpat is in the lead by a bit of a stretch with 40 points, and Turku is next with 35. Hmm. What they do in, in the European leagues, or most of them I'm looking at here, is they give three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime win, one point for an overtime loss, and zero for a regulation loss. There's three points available in every game, and the teams either win them all or split them. I, I like that system. I love it. But I think you're not going to, with that system, you're not going to see games come down to the last, or uh, teams coming down to the last games of the season trying to get a wild card spot in the NHL. I think the playoffs standings would be determined, or playoff matchups would be, would be determined like two weeks before the se- season ended because there'd be that much more of a gap in between each team. I think there would, and I like gaps. Isn't, there's nothing wrong with that. It would yeah. be interesting to try it. And I think the individual games would be more exciting if a team knows it's a 2-2 tie and there's a minute and a half left in the game and and one team needs three points and, and two points aren't going to do it. Exactly. They're going to pour it on. I agree. And I think it's going to make for much ex- more exciting games. Hmm. And if teams had more to gain from winning in regulation than at any other time of the game, then they would try harder mm. for it. Definitely. So uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that spreads to the this side of the ocean. That would be great. So that's Finland. Uh, in the KHL, CSKA Moscow, 36 points. And Jokerit, Finland, is right behind them with 35. Oh, nice. And Jokerit has a game in hand. So, so uh, the CSKA, again, playing well again this season. Very, like very last well. Season. And that's in the Western Division. There's also an Eastern Division, of course. And Ekaterinaburg is leading uh, that with 43 uh, points. So our Shout out to Kate. Yeah, our, our friend Kate, who are from the area, we must be quite happy with her local team. And it's a big lead. They have 43 points, and Omsk is next with 35. Oh, nice. And then uh, AK Bars, uh, where uh, our... Our favorite uh, Montreal Canadiens defenseman, Markov, is playing, I think still this year. They're right behind with 34 points. Cool. So, yeah. In the uh, Czech Extra Liga, Sparta Prague, 28 points. And Mountfield and Litvinov are tied for second place with 26 points and a game in hand. In the DEL in Germany, it's Adler Mannheim, 33 points. And Munich next with 30. Uh, in the SHL in Sweden, Linkopings, 26 points, Malmo, one point behind with 25, and Jurgardens 23 points. Mm. So that's who's leading there. Uh, in the American Hockey League, back here on this side of the pond as we head west, we're going to head more west here in a minute, uh, the Milwaukee Admirals, that's Vegas's farm team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or is that Chicago? No, I think it's Vegas. I don't think it's Vegas. No? Milwaukee is, uh, mm. Chicago's is the Rockford Ice Hogs. Vegas is the Chicago Wolves. Oh, right. Uh, Milwaukee is... Sorry about that, viewers. Oh, crap. <laughs> I can find it out quick enough. Because we, we don't want people to have to tell us in the, in the comments. That'll just drive us all yeah, crazy. You look it up and tell me. I'm okay. gonna, I need to think about it. I'll probably give you some clues or something. Maybe turn it into a bit of a hockey quiz. Um, oh, geez, yeah, I know now. <laughs> just tell me. Nashville. Uh, oh, actually, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't guess it. Yeah. Uh, San Jose Barracudas, mm-hmm. which would be the... Uh, yeah, the, I, know, the, the, I know that one. <laughs> okay, they're in second place with 15 points. In the East, Charlotte, 16 points. So Carolina Hurricanes are doing well. Charlotte Checkers are doing well. the Charlotte well. Checkers are doing well. So Carolina, uh, generally, yeah, good, the, good for good the, for use. The youth in the system is playing as good as the 
the yeah. youth uh, up above. It's a pretty young team up above, <laughs> too. So. And the Rochester Americans are one point behind with 15. Now, there's one place where I have no standings to report because the regular season's en- ended and the playoffs have ended. What? <laughs> Australia. Oh, I guess the seasons are different there, so that makes That's sense. That's right. Um, the CBR Brave, which is Canberra, won the league championship with a 4-3 overtime win over the Sydney Bears. Who won last year? Um, Was it Sydney? I, I can't remember. I remember Sydney's talking been, about it. been a good team. But here's, here's something that's interesting, and I didn't know this until I read it today. Have you heard of SB Nation? Mm-mm. It's a website portal that's been set up for fans of various teams. And what uh, some fans of NHL teams sitting on SB Nation have done is adopted Australian teams to cheer for when the regular season is over here, but still underway down there. Huh. So uh, there are four fan groups of North American NHL teams who have chosen uh, or an adopted an Australian team. Hmm. Uh, Chicago area fans, yeah. they cheer for the CBR Brave, who won the Australian uh, Hockey Championship. Okay. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the Toronto fans, who call themselves the Pension Plan Puppets, <laughs> because the Maple Leafs are owned in part by the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. Okay. They cheer for the uh, Perth Thunder. In the Boston area, the group called the Stanley Cup of Chowder, <laughs> they cheer for the Melbourne Mustangs and uh, the Newcastle North Stars. I think either, either they cheer for both teams or, the, okay. or a transition there. And Buffalo, which is... Uh, Interesting name for their fans, Die by the Blade. Whoa. <laughs> they cheer for the Sydney Bears. Hmm. So these four uh, hockey fan groups from the NHL have, uh, and, have and they've they've done this by voting. The, the fans of that team or the fans in that fan room or group okay. have actually had a vote. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Buffalo fans also voted to support the, the uh, CBR Brave, but Chicago had already uh. picked them by then, so they had to go to their second choice, which was the Sydney Bears. So Australian hockey, I don't know if the Australians necessarily know this, and there are a few that would be watching uh, and listening, but uh, there are North American fan groups that are now starting to follow uh, your teams during your regular season, which is our summer and your mm. winter, and uh, we should be paying more attention. Absolutely. Yeah. I was going to say something, and then I forgot. Oh, oh, on Facebook, there's a group called uh, NHL Fans in Australia, and there's like 7,000 plus people in this group, mm-hmm. and they talk hockey all the time, talk NHL hockey all the time, and cool. it's just Australians. Right it's pretty on. cool. I was a part of it. They let me join, um, but then I was getting spammed with notifications of posts and stuff, so I had to leave, but I shouldn't have been in there anyway. I live in Canada. But. You can just turn those off, though, can't you? Yeah, but I want to know what's going on, and it... <laughs> It was just too much, so. Yeah. So you, so you want to know what's going on, but you you're knowing too much about what's going on, so you've chosen to not know anything about what's going on. Yeah, I need I need to know what's going on about thirty percent, and I was getting about eighty percent, so I couldn't I didn't have a, a knowledge limiter on Facebook. So that's funny. <laughs> Anyways, that pretty much wraps it up uh, for this podcast. I think. Yeah. Anything? When's the next having a yak? Because there's, there was some discussion on the comments from last week about when they wanted to see that. I think there was some support for more of that. Yeah, that's going to be tough because... Is there a chance we could roll this into a having a yak on some days where we just, we talk hockey for an hour and then we run out of hockey news and we haul out another book and start doing the yak? Uh, yeah, I mean, we could do that. We could, if there's not much to talk about in the world of hockey, we can just, you know, if we're coming up on, and we're at 100, or we're at an hour and 16 minutes right now, uh, so that's pretty good for today. Mm-hmm. But if we end up finishing a podcast and it's like... 
45 minutes we can just chat if if you guys would like uh it's that's that's way easier than stopping this mm -hmm. and resetting the set and filming an actual having a yak podcast oh, just, yeah. and then me editing a whole other it's just yeah it's, it's a little time consuming so uh the other alternative is to not do a podcast one sunday in a month and just do having a yak instead mm -hmm. and so there's a couple of options there but let us know yep let us know there's a couple people said they liked the natural conversation that we had that was non-hockey related at the end of last week's podcast. So mm -hmm. we'll con continue to do that a little bit if we run out of news. But All right. I guess I'll wrap it up here. Uh, I want to get this edited and put up and then split into little sections and see how that process goes for me. It's a new process for me, so I need to know how long it's going to take and, and how I'm going to do it and how I'm going to make the thumbnails and all that stuff and for this coming week. So There's still some extra work involved on your part for sure. Oh, there's lots of extra work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't forget to upload to uh, Podbean. Here's here's something. Did you notice last week when that went up? Uh, the audio version of the podcast. Yeah, it went up before the video version. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, only like fifteen minutes before, <laughs> but still, <laughs> it wasn't a week late. So that's better, right? That's much better. I'll try and do the same thing or something similar this week. So, right uh, thanks guys for watching. I really appreciate it. If you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, hope you can hit the subscribe button. Uh, like this podcast. If you did like it, like it, leave us a review on iTunes or Google play music. And, uh, yeah, hope you're having fun watching hockey. He is freaking out about the Canadians right now. I don't know why, but, uh, anyway, <laughs> Have a good uh, have a good time watching hockey this week guys. We'll catch you later. Adios.